When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another, all will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that these things will take place? And he said, beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to contradict or withstand. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. We are not going to get into all of that. <laughs> this reading usually shows up in the most untimely way for us around here. It always shows up in November when it does, on or around the Sunday when we are supposed to be praying about and planning for our financial commitments to the building fund, which we'll do next week if you haven't read or heard about that yet. So what I mean is around this time of year, during this season of our life together, always in November, we very often get this bit from Luke's gospel where Jesus warns the disciples about making too much of their temple. As I'm typically hard at work stewing about prayer vigils and capital campaign packets and financial commitments and mortgage payments, Jesus says, as for these things that you see, as for this stuff that you've built, these beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, the day is coming when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. And that's usually a hard pill to swallow, like Jesus is laughing at, if not straight up, flat out, judging our efforts to build what we've built here over the years. I mean, there's nothing like trying to build a thing, investing in everything it takes to build a thing, and have someone remind you that it won't last for long. Maybe that you're wasting your time Maybe that it's all going to amount to nothing but rubble in the grand scheme of things anyway. Jesus is like the guy who shows up on the beach 
finds a cute little kid who's just built the most amazing sandcastle, only to remind him that high tide's rolling in any minute. But this year, for the first time, things are different here. I can't disagree with Jesus, of course. Maybe in some very worldly ways or from a cosmic kind of perspective, all of this building is for naught. It won't last forever in a physical sense. It will, indeed, crumble to dust in the end of all things. I get that. But this year, as we think about praying and planning for what's now called our building and outreach fund commitments, we get to do that with even more than just our own bricks and mortar, our own stones and gems on the brain. We get to do that with even more than just mortgage payments and interest rates and financial debt reduction in mind, more than we're used to. We get to think differently about all of this because for the first time ever, we don't have a mortgage to pay. And because we plan to give 50% of these funds away to mission and ministry outside of our walls, 50% beyond our own bricks and mortar, 50% over and above what these stones mean to us. But what's so exciting What's so full of hope about things this time around, again, for the first time, is that we can't possibly measure who or how our generosity will change the hearts and lives of others by the grace that it is we're called to share now. And at the 24-hour prayer vigil next weekend, we're going to have a chance to share very plainly very prayerfully, what we hope we'll be able to do in this regard. If you have not signed up for the prayer vigil yet, please, please, please sign up for the prayer vigil. You will not be disappointed in the 30 minutes of time that you get to spend quietly, prayerfully, thoughtfully in this place over the course of next weekend. We're going to be able there to make prayerful suggestions about the tangible real-world ways we hope that we'll use our financial resources to do God's work in some really new, very meaningful, truly faithful ways. First, we'll get to be practical with our prayers. We'll share the scoop about what we would and could and should be saving our money for in our rainy day repair and emergency bucket. Stuff like HVAC repairs and parking lot resurfacing and roof replacements and exterior painting and very boring but very necessary, responsible things. Second, we get to be selfish a little bit and have some fun as we pray, too, by dreaming about what we might add to or renovate around here, like sanctuary expansions and outdoor pavilion projects and better video production and online technology to make worship here more meaningful. And for those of you watching us online too, someone I know wants a cement pad for a pickleball court or a basketball court of some kind. Of course, when I say selfish, I don't really mean selfish. 
if what we build for ourselves also allows us to share grace and good news with more and different people in more and different ways, there's nothing selfish really about that. And third, we'll get to offer up ideas too about that 50% that we plan to give away. Over the years, we have suggested many things, everything from supporting mission churches and missionaries around the world, to helping people reduce their own medical debt, to giving more regularly to some of our Mission Sunday organizations. Someone even has the notion to help fund a baby box somewhere in our community where infants who would otherwise be abandoned could be left safely to be rescued and cared for instead. The possibilities of this 50%, large and small, really are endless and inspiring and full of hope. And all of this is nothing more and nothing less than the testimony that Jesus asks of us and calls us to in this gospel today. With our ministry, whether it's what we preach or teach or support with our money, we tell the world who we are. We tell the world who God is to us. And we show the world what we're up to together. Us and us and God, I mean. With our ministry, whether it's what we preach or teach or support with our money, we welcome sinners, we tend to the sick, and we love those who others refuse to see, even sometimes. It means we tend to sex workers on the east side of Indianapolis. It means we fight racism in our midst and in our community. It means we support our LGBTQIA brothers and sisters and siblings. It means we build houses in Haiti, even though we can't get there these days. And it means we build churches in Noblesville, too. It means we are generous and faithful and gracious to a fault, if that's even possible in the kingdom of God. We may not be called before kings and governors in our little corner of the kingdom. It may not get us killed these days in our neck of the woods, like Jesus says. But it may mean, as he does promise and as Jesus does warn, that some won't like, some may even hate what we're up to. And that's true. There are people out there who think we're too generous, too bold, too outspoken about the gospel and the grace and the good news that we're trying to share here. And I kind of like that. I believe it's how we endure and I believe it's how we help others endure, too, the hardships of life in this hard, hard world. And it's how we find our souls, too, in the midst of all of it. Because whatever we do, and wherever we give, and however God's Holy Spirit leads us and bounces us around in this world, we're just trying to do what God's been calling believers to do ever since the day Jesus was milling around in that temple with those very first disciples, reminding them about what really matters on this side of heaven, which is to use all of this 
as an opportunity to testify to what we know of God's call and what we believe about God's kingdom among us. To work for justice, to stand for peace, to repent ourselves and to forgive others their sins, and to use every blessing at our disposal to bless the world around us with the same kind of grace that we have already received ourselves. That's the kingdom of God, alive and well in this place, for the sake of the world, and it is what will matter to us and to others, and it's what will last long after all of this and all of us are turned to dust. Amen.